I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and... And Kevin Ebling. Man, we sound nice and clear, Janice, you we and I. We do. We're in <laughs> we a, sound great. We're in a fancy new office. It is How be- is it? I'm not beautiful. there today. It's beautiful. It's really Kev, nice. Did you get it all done this weekend? You had a very, very... <laughs> it was a very... long weekend. A long weekend I mean, that went by very quick. So anybody who's listening, Kevin was in an accident. Tell us what happened. Oh God, I hate, I hate getting accidents are such an embarrassing thing, even when it's not your fault. Oh, I don't think it's embarrassing. Oh, I it think is. it's scary. It is. Uh, I was. What happened? Um, I was cutting through um, the Highland Park residential neighborhoods on my way home, as I often do to avoid Mockingbird, at, uh, towards the uh-huh. tollway, and uh, I stopped at a stop sign. It was not a four-way uh-huh. stop. It was a two-way. Um, my s- line of sight to the right was a little blocked because of a bunch of landscaping trucks, but I could see it pretty good. And so I stopped, looked both ways, went through or whatever, and I was almost through the intersection. Out of nowhere, I just got plowed by a much larger vehicle. And uh, I did, it came out of absolutely nowhere nowhere for me. But Elise was behind me. She saw the whole thing. <laughs> uh. And I was like, so did, I was they, like, did they run a, a light or no. a, a stop sign? I mean, no. how, how did this happen? I think, uh, I think they were, they were going very fast. Um, I don't know. Jeez. Should I not be talking about this on the <laughs> show? I don't know. I don't want to. Why? Yeah. why would you not? Well, because you know, they have to investigate and assign fault and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Well, Kev, Thank God you're okay. I feel so sorry for Elise. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to be mad at me because I'm like, I thought she was going to be like, what the hell are you doing? But she was like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, I I saw everything that happened. I'm like, all right. It was Um, was scary, though. Scary for her to be watching. It's probably worse for her, honestly. (laughs) Sure. Oh, I... If I if I watch somebody I love get in an accident, that would absolutely freak me out. I know, out. me too. Me too. It would be terrible. If I watch somebody that I didn't love get in an accident, it would freak mm-hmm. me out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is. For sure. Any automotive collision is a little uh, off-putting. It is. It's upsetting. It is. <clears throat> Well, but I yes, thank God you're all right, Kev. We're not fully set up in here. It's a work in progress, but everything is functional. Yeah, it's really we're nice. We're getting there. It's really nice. Well, I'm sorry I'm not there. I I I have I've just been running around. Don't have to, don't ever have twins that graduate <laughs> the same year. <laughs> don't. It, I feel like I'm going to lose a full-time job when they graduate. Yeah, probably. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you are. <laughs> okay, so are we ready to hit the ground running today? Yes, I'm going to cut out a little early cuz I have a client, so Okay, no, perfect. Janice, why don't you introduce the topic? You 
you came up with it and I think it's brilliant. So why don't you tell us what we're discussing today? Okay, we are going to discuss our trigger responses. And basically what that means is when we get angry or maybe scared or some form of being unsettled, that there are there are four typical responses that people will either use one or a couple of those when they get in that sort of a situation. And so we've 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 talked about everybody has probably heard some of this, but the four trigger responses are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So uh, so the the fight response underneath that are blaming, like this is all your fault, bullying, making mean comments, aggression, yelling, physical acts, or narcissism. I'm never wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. Those are your fight responses. Then the flight responses are avoidance. I can't talk about this urge to flee, leaving early, skipping, staying busy, real or fake distractions, feeling anxious, can't focus or listen, so that's under the flight, the freeze, unable to act, I don't know, disassociation, spacing out, panic or overwhelm, crying, uh, unresponsiveness, mind goes blank, and then the fawn, are appease, I'll fix it right away, enmeshment, codependence, uh, super, let me see, subservience, people-pleasing, and disconnect with self, which are your disconnecting from your values. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these and all, we'll talk about how each of us tend to do conflict resolution from one of these four perspectives. So, um, so yeah. Do you want to start, Kev? <laughs> oh, boy. Put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we discussed can I, this. Can oh. I? Can I? Uh, can I start by asking a question? And sure. Then I think yes. We'll go into Please do. Diagnosis. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm, I'm. This is kind of rhetorical because I know the answer. But just to reiterate. If, if we engage in one or more of these behaviors when we're in conflict, these are, just like we said in communication, these are losing strategies. Right. Correct? Right. Right. So, so, right. so even though we're all going to put ourselves in a, in a particular trigger response, and we hope all of our listeners do as well, what we want to start by saying is these are these are not healthy or productive. Well, so we'll get to the to the other side of it, but there's better ways to resolve conflict than fighting, flighting, freezing, or fawning. Oh, definitely. Right, right. But I do think that doing some of these things moderately is. I I, I think that it's very it's it's really easy to talk about how to do it correctly. But when you're in the midst of it, it's difficult. So if you find something that you do particularly that doesn't really uh, work for you, if you can own that and allow yourself to slip into it in occasion, then you can address that. Like, yeah. you know, if I know yeah. what I tend to do, then and I can talk about that, then that's going to help release me from that. Because it's not, it's very difficult to just... 
What's that? (laughs) What is that? Tova, what are you doing? Are you eating potato chips? Are you going through lip glosses? No, but I wish I was. I just opened up my refrigerator and opened up a LaCroix. What is it? Does it sound like I'm eating chips? Kind of, yeah. uh, Something was rustling around, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I will stop rustling (laughs) around. No worries. (laughs) But then, because most of us, what happens is we learn how to do, we learn how to implement these responses growing up. And because we either learn it by watching the big people in our house or by people telling us how to do it or peers. So so we come into these things quite naturally. So I don't want people to feel like that they are they are bad or anything because they have some of this. It is just, it's what we do. And there are better ways to resolve conflict, even if you use a little bit of these you know, if yeah. you, if you, no, our, so our goal is not to, our aim is not to shame. <laughs> no. And it's not an all or nothing. It's not an all or nothing concept either. You know, right. it's like, no, okay, because some of these things are going to feel empowering to us. So anyway, we'll just, oh, t- we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you want to start? What, what do you do? Okay. So what, what's your uh, drug of choice, Kev? Okay. I wasn't sure what the, exactly the question is, just where my trigger uh-huh. goes. Fight big time. So, like of those four things, blaming, bullying, aggression, and narcissism, what do you, how do you, where do you see Aggression and blaming, probably. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Who did that growing up in your family? How'd your mom and dad do fights? Probably my dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We have very, very similar personality types, and I would say he's a, he's a fight as well. Yeah. And yeah. we both became very. Um, this is a bad way to say it because it's not. It's. It's a. We became good fighters, basically. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Elise says, even when you're wrong, you're right. She's like, you'll still always win the argument. And then later, I realize, <laughs> wow, I was totally wrong. Uh huh. And I think, uh, I think my dad does that as well. She always says, I've never been able to win a fight with you, and I say, I've never been able to win a fight with my dad. Yeah. So I think it's mm. similar. Yeah. And she's definitely, she says she's between flight and freeze are her two things. Uh-huh. So then that gives you, when you're in your fight mode, that gives her you a lot that of power. That gives you the mm-hmm. upper hand, right. Yeah. It, it doesn't, though. It kind of strips it from me when she just shuts down and won't, won't right. go back and forth with me, you know? Right. Because I can't just, I can only do so much just talking about myself, you know? I want to yeah. get into an argument. I want to have a discourse about this. She doesn't, and then it, it takes away all my power. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a fairly typical man move, and I think it's not a good thing. No, it's not necessarily a good thing because because if you're not going to re- if you you can either win or be happy. Or I always tell my clients, you can either win or be married. You know, yeah. but <laughs> happily married for sure. Because winning when you when you when winning is on the table, then that makes it really Somebody hard. loses. Yeah, it makes it really hard for the relationship to be strengthened as a result of mm-hmm. conflict, which conflict does, can strengthen a relationship. It so, is something you can work on. I try not to let that happen, you know, but certain things, depending on how sensitive the subject is, uh, if alcohol is involved, definitely yeah, can fuel that yeah, sometimes. for sure. I know there's been times where at least it was like, last night you were adamant about this, and then when I look back, I think, wow, no, I was totally wrong about that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not right at all. Like, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, that's interesting. What about you, Tova? Yeah, because I think Tova said she was similar, but I don't know which ones apply to her. Yes. So I, I, my initial, my initial response in, in um, conflict is to fight. And mostly, I think, well, I'm, of course, I, it's for sure a learned behavior from my mom growing up. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, like, there's a part of me, and Kev, you and I kind of texted about this. There's mm-hmm. a part of both of us that's just like, let's duke it out and mm-hmm. get it over with mm-hmm. so we can move on. Mm-hmm. But, but I have to say, in looking at this, if I feel like I'm not getting... If, I'm, if I feel like I'm not heard or if I feel like I'm not getting understood in the quote unquote fight, um, then I will go the complete opposite direction and I will, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll run, I'll flight. Which fundamentally okay. isn't a bad thing for us to want to just get it all on the table and get it over with and resolve the conflict. What's bad is the trap I fall into. Maybe you do also, Tove, is... I, I want to say get it over with means let's get to get to the part where you admit that I'm right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Where yes, you see what I'm yes. saying and you agree with it. Like that's that's what we're trying to get out there. And that's that's where you know it becomes counterproductive. Yes. I think that when I feel like I'm not being heard or understood, mm-hmm. then I am like I go to effort mode and I now I just want to go. Yeah, yep, me too. So- like I give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I think, th- and I think that there's a part of that fight process that can be helpful. I just think people have to be really careful about how they fight and oh, yeah. how, what words they use. And oh, because yeah. it's really mm-hmm. easy when you've got all that energy going on to step into abusiveness by name calling, yelling, you know, some of that. And so, but, so I think that if you are one of those that does want to resolve the conflict, I think it's 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 you good. You minimize damage. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have but to be you get- sensitive and careful. I used to go to that just from growing up in my family. We're all kind of loud people. I used to go to the yelling and name calling, but as soon as I started dating Elise, that that, that does not fly. I cannot yeah. yell or name call ever. That is just not allowed at yeah. any level. But yeah, uh, it's something yeah. you can be I'm conditioned. I'm not a yeller to not- and I'm not a name caller. I, I don't. And I, if somebody yelled at me or name called me, that would like, those are, those would be really, I, I think by fight is like, I just want to like say what we need to say and both, you know, listen, both understand, both be heard and let's move on. Like I, I, like I look at like this fighting and blaming, like, this is all your fault. I'm, I don't think I do that. I, I certainly am not a bully in fighting. No, I don't me call names. I don't yell. I'm not aggressive physically. I can lean towards, but I'm, I, more than I'm never wrong, I tend to lean towards I think that I'm right. <laughs> I'd like to say it in a more positive light. <laughs> that was a nice little spin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. You like what I did there? Oh, for the record, Elise <laughs> thinks my normal speaking voice is yelling. So I, I, I kind of, I don't know if you guys have ever felt that or noticed that, but I do talk really loud. 
I haven't. I haven't really noticed that. I talk pretty loudly, also. Yeah, that's that's true. That's probably why we don't. Yeah, I don't, don't really hear yeah. that. Toba too, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> we all tend to do. None of us are real quiet. No. <laughs> you so, know, Janice, what about you? Where do you lean? Tell us about your trigger. I definitely am a flight, and what that means is that um, I. Uh, it's not the avoidance as far as as I can't talk about this. It is more the urge to flee. Just get out. Just leave. I don't need, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I just I can walk away. Just would rather not deal with it at all. Yeah, would rather not deal with it at all. And um, and I mean when you know when I was five, I ran away with my caboodle kit. We've talked about that before. <laughs> Yeah. So I learned with that with your lip gloss, your no, lipstick, it was, and your underwear. It was red lipstick and clean underwear. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and but it was, you know, but I learned, I learned that, and my mother would go silent. So that's a form of flight, also. Is and you know, but I, I used to. I'm better about it now. Now I, it's not. I don't feel the urge to run, like if Tom and I are in a disagreement, but. But he's, he is really, he does, he just, he's probably gotten really angry with me twice. And um, he just doesn't get mad. You know, I mean, you can't really picture him being very angry. No, I mean, he, he can be a real ball buster when it comes to business, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's not, he's not ever aggressive with me, you know, and we, um, and so I really don't have to flight from Tom. Because he is, he, I mean, he's kind even when we are in a disagreement, and we can agree to disagree pretty easily. So, you and know. so you you tend to flee when you feel like someone is not kind. Is that what you're saying? In so many words. Yes. If some yes, mm-hmm. if somebody is uh, is aggressive, uh huh, uh-huh, then yeah, then I want to just go, you know, and and mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and previously. What I would do is just end relationships. You know, I would take that ultimate, okay, well, I'm out of here then. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Have no need for The yeah. ultimate, the absolutes. The absolutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've, you know. When you did that, Janice, would you come back? Sometimes. Sometimes not. Mm. You know, and so, so, but that, but that's really not what I do anymore because I don't, I don't have conflict very often. You know, I don't. No, me either. Don't really have it. Not these days. Uh-uh. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I can disagree with somebody's philosophy or something that they're saying, but I don't find the urge to try to convince them Mm-mm. of my position. Like people who think different things politically and will tell me uh-huh. their things. And even if I completely disagree with it, I will just smile and nod. Because uh-huh. I'm like, I, this is someone I like, and I don't really want to get into that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what. Oh, I'm t- like you. I just don't have a lot of energy around it. No. No, me neither. And like, it's cool. You don't have to think what I think. Like, <laughs> no. Tom and I are on really, we vote differently. See, and, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And, and we, uh, but, and we. Like different parties? Even? Yes. That even. is crazy. And we do not even talk just about it. The, we just never discuss political positions because we don't agree. And and so we just we just took that off the table. <laughs> I guess that, that's what religious. I did in relationships. What about what about with religion, Janice? Do you guys agree or disagree when it comes to faith? That's a good one. Oh yeah, we do. You agree? We do, we agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
We were both wa- raised Christian background. Well, I was. I was. I, I think his parents were Methodist, but I don't think he was really uh, spent a whole lot of time in the Active, church. Yeah. Uh huh. And I was Baptist, so I think that we are both. So I was pretty extreme in my my uh, spiritual stance for a long time, and that's really changed for me now. I'm a lot more moderate. And, uh, and 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 Tom pretty much agrees with me on stuff. Sorry, we we lost Tova there for a second, but <laughs> we're back. And back sorry now. to get off topic, but this gives me a good time to to ask this. Uh, Janice, did you ever go to uh, NTTA about your uh, toll tag? No, because I didn't have my license plate yet. Oh, they just okay. called you me today to... and said that my license plates were in. So gotcha. um, I was so glad that I didn't drive all the way out there. I'm so glad I didn't either because that car might be totaled. I won't even need that toll tank. Oh, tank. my gosh, you won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out for both of us. Yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. We're, uh, who is... Hey, good follow-up. I totally forgot about that. I'm so glad you asked that, Kev. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and then when you you got cut off, I was like, oh, this is a perfect time to bring that up before we jump back in. (laughs) Yeah, I was headed out there, and I I was like, wait, I don't have my license plate, and I know they want the Mm -hmm. license plate on there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have that number. Okay. Where were we? Who was talking last? Uh, we were, I was just talking about how Tom and I just don't really get into oh, that's right. really mm-hmm. into arguments, and it's pretty nice. I mean, because our kids are so grown that they're not, you know, an influence or anything. And uh, yeah, it's so I don't I don't really have the need to flight much anymore. But but I would. I know that that mm-hmm. would still be my response. If you and, and to to your point, Janice, I think that's a really important and really um, cool observation is when we are in productive and healthy and happy relationships, our, our tendency, our unhealthy tendencies are, are, uh, they're not as acute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely minimized. Don't you think? Yes. Like right now I can't Recall the last time I got into a fight or disagreement in my relationship. And I think that's kind of the way it should be. It's going to happen. You can't avoid it. Yeah. But it should be fewer and far enough between that you don't even remember the last yeah. instance. And isn't that interesting? Because I I have been in relationships to where there was a lot of conflict. Oh, me too. Lots of fighting. Yeah. And it was almost like a, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was like a power play or something. Mm-hmm. Really from both of us. Because it Definitely, takes two people in my situation. to do it. Yep. Yeah, and I don't miss well, I it think at there's, all. Oh no, I think I do think there's more of that. Like, like we've talked about it here on the remedy. The first six months of any relationship, it's like, you know, it's rainbows and butterflies. No true and colors yet. Yeah. Starts to kick in, and you kind of have to, you know, there's like these new stages of the relationship. Then you've got to figure out, okay, this is like the reality of them. What parts of it do I love? What parts of it are difficult? And you have to figure out how to navigate. And then there becomes like a settling, you know, there really does become like this safe. Okay. Now I know your shit, you know, my shit, we're going to manage each other better than we used to, because we were just trying to figure each other out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like there's stages in a relationship and where you where you two are, and I, I would like to think Craig and I are getting there, is you, I mean, 
I, I, don't, I don't like the word maintenance because it sounds so, but there's a comfortability, there's a knowing that comes with, that hopefully comes with being with somebody for a long time. And it's like, you just manage it better. You really do. You get to know them and you, everybody manages each other better. Or sometimes everything starts to go downhill when that. Yeah, after the marketing phase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if you can't really resolve conflict with somebody. I'd, I'd, it's I'd, not getting any better probably. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think that one of the things that um, that I have been able to implement in my relationship, and I think part of it may may have to do with just getting older and not feeling as passionate about all these little bitty things or mm, wanting to true. get into arguments about it. But it's, uh, you know, I think that being sensitive to our partner and and our words, because I think that that words can be so damaging. And in the fit of an angry rage, it if you're yelling at somebody, that damages the relationship. And I just don't have that compulsion anymore. I used to oh. because I was more of a, I was a little fighter mm-hmm. back in the day. But you reached a point where you're just like, I don't have the energy for it yeah, anymore. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, the unfortunate part about that kind of damage is like, not only are you, at that point, do you have to recover from the initial negative impact, whatever it was, but now you've got to do damage control of the ongoing, you know, damage that was done during the conflict. So, you know, you start fighting about X and then all of a sudden you're hitting below the belt or you're not knocking them off at their knees. And now you've got to, not only do you have to recover from the initial negative impact, now you've got to recover from all the stupid stuff you said or did that you didn't mean. And that is just such a waste, like such a waste. It totally is. And the thing about it is when, if you're not very careful, like if you really love to fight or if that's your go-to, and you say something, then afterwards you go back in and, and make amends. It doesn't etch a sketch what happened before. Not at all. Not at all. And that's a really important thing for people to remember because I think the whoever ensued the damage, they wanted to pretend like I didn't mean it. I, didn't, I, I was angry. Okay, I hear all of that, but you also said what you said, and now I've got to recover from that. And that takes time and a rebuilding of trust, but that's not going to happen again. And sometimes- The damage is done. Yeah. And sometimes that can be a deal breaker. And sometimes it should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I I totally agree. If somebody calls me names or, and continues to do that in a fight or- goes below the belt like i don't want to be with that person i i that would be very difficult for me yeah 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 well you know it's uh, you know the the fawn is i think an interesting thing and i'm curious as to as for you listeners if any of you tend to do the fawn which is to just appease just be nice just be Mm. you know just put a smile on your face and more like the the 50s and the 60s, how women were taught to just be nice and put their pearls on and, you know, be a saint in the kitchen and a skank in the bedroom. And, 
you know, and that codependency of I'm I'm afraid to bring up something because mm-hmm. I'm afraid they'll leave and that enmeshment with them, which is feels like when if you have any of that codependency, then that when that person threatens to leave or actually leaves, if you've you experience a severe level of abandonment that's very, very, very uh painful and then what a lot of people will do is they'll just people please out the wazoo to make sure that that person is okay and then they lose themselves in the relationship and and then they have disconnected from themselves they've they've let their values go because sometimes if somebody experiences if somebody like this has never been me that this person this spawning but but if somebody is like this what does what what does a typical and I'm I, I don't know if this is an easy question to answer or not, but what does their childhood look like? What well, is that typically? Mm. Well, they've look probably like? they've probably watched a mother that uh, was abused, and and maybe they were abused as children, and they've learned to just be quiet and to don't rock the boat, you know. So that. You know, the thing that's interesting about that enmeshment stuff like that is that you're you're scared to death because somebody has has shut you up in some way or another, and you're scared to death because you're afraid to lose them, and in the process, you lose yourself. So that's they they have watched that, or they have they have, it, I think as women, a lot of us throughout the years, I think it's changing definitely from my generation to your generation, Tova and Kevin, is that women are empowered to use their voice now mm-hmm. as opposed to just be quiet. Oh, I can tell you, yeah, that's a result of my time. I've never dated a font. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even really? Close. You've oh, never dated a font? No, not that I can think of. Well, you probably... Wow. No, yeah, maybe. so interesting, Kev. Not, not in a long time, but now that I think about it, yeah, maybe when I was, yeah, yeah, when I was like eighteen, but not as a not in a real adult yeah. relationship. I don't yeah. Think. Well, you know, if you if you are if you're in a relationship with someone who has like a drug or an alcohol problem or something like that, and they tend to lose it, and then they come back in, you know, the next day, and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and you keep giving them chance after chance after chance, then you're losing yourself bit by bit by bit by bit. And I think that now young women are taught you don't have to put up with that. Mm-hmm. It is not okay for somebody to call you a name or mm-hmm. hit you or or ignore you or be, you know, either aggressive or passive aggressive. I mean, we talk about that with younger people now, whereas uh, we just looked at our moms and just watched them just, you know, be pretty and quiet. Yeah. You know, I mean, except for you, Tova, your mother wasn't yeah, like no. that, you know, but that was kind Not of the all. norm for women. But, she was, but on the other side, she was, I mean, I think I would have rather my mom be quiet. My mom was mean and mad as hell. Yeah. Like, I'm a saint compared to her. Yeah, both my I'm parents are fighters. <laughs> oh, they are? I think so. Yeah. Both your parents are fight? Is yeah. Is that what you said, Kev? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's probably why you're a fight. <laughs> probably. Yeah. You know, you're not afraid to fight because it wasn't weird. Yeah. It wasn't weird to fight. No, no, not at all. 
I I was more of a fighter in my first marriage than I am now. And but I I think that Kurt and I had known each other for so long and so many years. We dated in high school. And we just, you know, got into patterns of behavior uh Mm -hmm. that were just not healthy. And then after I got a divorce and I was single for 10 years and did all my family of origin work, I realized that I had a big part in that dysfunction in that relationship. And then, you know, pretty much decided that that wasn't going to work for me anymore. I I think if that's going on regularly, those patterns and those fightings, it means at least one person is not happy in that relationship anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's odd because there's a bonding that can come from a fight response. Because I was just about to say that, Janice, because I'm sure you've seen it in your counseling as I have in mine. From there's what? From comfortability the comfortability a lot of times. That from comes the resolution? With, or? No, well, with, no, the conflict, the chaos. Well, you, the, you're comfortably miserable in a relationship, yep. but, but what happens a lot of times in that is the makeup part of it. With somebody that's who, the bonding part, the, the, huh? That you can go back and rebond, and you 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 shuffle the abusive behaviors kind of under the rug, and then you're rebonding with it. Or somebody will say, "Oh, well, they didn't mean to do it," and or he said he didn't mean to do it, or she didn't mean to do it, or some of that. Because there's a little bit of bonding in that, especially if you're used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, is that trauma response can bring people that, that, actually together. Yeah. And it kind of, it's a real sick kind of a way Mm -hmm. because, but it, yeah, it can, it it doesn't always break people apart. They can be bonded through it. That's very true. Now that I think about it. Well, it's kind of like when you talked about Janice, how when you were first married to Tom and you went in and talked to your therapist about how you just felt like you were kind of bored. And Uh he was like, no, you're not bored. You just don't have chaos. Just the like absence you've of never chaos. <laughs> not had. Yeah, it was the absence of chaos that you were so familiar with. Yeah, I had never, I had never been with somebody that was not, not. I mean, not a quiet, salty pushover at all, but just had control over his temper and yeah. would just talk to me about things, which mm-hmm. was just amazing. And my dad got that way later in life, but I don't, but they, they fought when I was young. What was your mom like when she, when they would fight Janice? Uh, she would probably flight, you know, she'd probably okay. go silent and yeah. she had some depression. So I think that that was part of that. And, yeah. um, but then, but she has some spunk to her for sure. But yeah, she was not. And and dad, I don't remember them. I don't remember them fighting a ton. But one of my cousins told me one time, she said, I, I can remember your mom and dad just screaming at each other. And I didn't, wow. I didn't really remember it. So I guess I fought. I, I took a flight emotionally and also when a freeze and a freeze of a disassociation. That's a lot of times what happens. People will totally disassociate from the trauma. Because it's so scary. Yeah. You know, you know, I know what's interesting about my children, and I think I've shared this before. When they first came here from the orphanage and they had experienced a significant amount of trauma and abuse and uh, the way, and, and it even still happens today, like the way that they deal with conflict is very much in response to the trauma that they had from the orphanage 
And so, I mean, it was definitely exacerbated when they first came, but like George was totally disassociated. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like he wasn't even on, sometimes I would be like, hey, George, can you come to our planet? Like he, he didn't, he didn't even know how to be here because he was so disassociated because of his abuse. And a friend, a total fawner. Like, please don't be mad at me. Please don't get angry. Like, I will, I will lose myself and you just so everybody can be okay. Mm-hmm. And Carter, total fighter. And mm-hmm. they still all participate to varying degrees in those, in those same responses and conflict. And 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 because of their original abuse, it's so exacerbated. I mean, I have to. It's like. Every time there's conflict, I have to fight Carter to like an unbelievable degree because of that. And and Anna Prynne gets sappy and sweet and overbearing because of that. And George completely disassociated. It's yeah. that's a very it's unique really, situation you have going on over there. Yeah. 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 I have all I have all three at my fingertips. Yeah. Have you talked with them about that that trauma conditioning? No. I never have. It'd be interesting for you to do that and kind of, you know, like to explain to them what they do and why they did it. And because that, those are just, those are Pavlov dogs, you know, conditioned responses. Oh, yeah. And I, I can't, like, now that you asked me that, honestly, Janice, I can't believe I never have, but I haven't. Yeah, it'd be really a very interesting conversation. They would, and all three drive me absolutely crazy because they're all exas- they're all exaggerated uh-huh. com- because of their trauma. It's like I'm not only having to deal with the situation at hand, but I'm also dealing with all of the years of trauma that that took place before me. So there's oh, an yeah. Yes, you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and you know the thing is, Tova. What's interesting about that? If you do talk to them about it, so a, a lot of people will say to me and to you, uh, "Oh well, I, I've I've just always been like that. That's just me. That's my genetics. Yeah. Or I'm a redhead. No wonder I'm feisty." Uh-huh. And none of that. <laughs> it's because they learned. It's a le- you know. It's all of those conditions are learned. We are not born. No, we're not born this way because we're Spanish. We're not feisty because we're Spanish. We're feisty because our mom, I'm feisty because my mom was feisty and her dad was feisty and whose mom and dad were feisty. I mean, it has nothing to do with it. And that was something very profound that came out of counseling with you, Janice, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't blame my bad behavior on Spanish genes. I can't every single thing that we do is learned uh-huh. you know it's mm-hmm. it, this is learned behavior that was profound because it put the response to, coming to you and saying yeah you know i'm feisty because i'm spanish that absolves me of my behavior mm. yeah absolutely and, it's an excuse well and it disempowers you you know that's it, exactly right and you saying no that actually has nothing to do with it it was kind of like an oh shit, but oh, yeah. okay. You know, I was like, oh, I can't use that excuse anymore. But I, at the end of the day, do I really want that excuse? No, I want to be better. Right. I want to be better than that excuse. Right, right. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So that's So how do we be better? How do we take these how do we take these lessons that we gravitate to or these things that we gravitate to and do them better? Because like you said, we can know better, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna do better because it's hard. Yeah, I think that what so when you look at these different trigger responses, they're they're behavioral, okay, mm-hmm. like avoidance or mm-hmm. urge to flee, staying busy feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. So so what you do is you make yourself aware of that. Oh, there I am wanting to go to Sally Wright's house and smoke and cigarettes. smoke cigarettes and drink beer and yeah. but that's not what I'm going to do. I'm a grown woman, so I'm going to stay and I'm going to ask for what I want and I'm going to practice yeah. other behaviors that will keep me from going into this trigger response. And really, I really, rather than a trigger response, I think it's a, re- a trigger reaction. Because Yeah, that's a better word. It's a much better because then you, what you're going to learn to do is to be responsive instead of instead reactive. Instead of reactive. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then that's, and it's all behavioral. You know, so it's like, okay, well, if I want to just avoid, what I need to do is be able to go in and say, hey, I'm feeling frustrated about this. Can we talk about it? You know, so then you just exercise that other muscle because it's not, it's behavioral. It's not Mm -hmm. your genetics. And so you can unlearn it or learn something different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and you can totally do it. So I like to think, and I've talked about this with people that I meet with, you know, a lot of our reactive behaviors are habitual. Yes. And it's because we don't stop and pause and think about, okay, how do I, how do I want to respond to this in a productive and healthy Mm. way? Mm -hmm. What we rarely take time to stop, breathe, like, and, and really think about how I want to do this productively because the negative impact which we which we experience hits us and so we immediately go to fight flight flee fawn yeah know? and yeah like oh here i go to reaction mode to 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 deal with the the negative impact as quickly as possible but that's I mean, I think one of the most productive things that you can do in those moments is just pause and breathe. Yeah. And one of the things that I suggest that couples do is that they just do like a timeout sign and they say, okay, this, we're going to take a 30 minute or an hour timeout and then separate, think about it, come up with your own different response and get used to pausing yourself and your partner and um and not when you're in caught up in that energy is just to take a break but not longer than 30 minutes and 30 is uh-huh. that what you said that's 30? what i say mm-hmm. uh-huh 30 minutes mm-hmm. you can't you know you can't wait until tomorrow because you have mm-hmm. way too much time to build your case in your head <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and forget about the responses yeah. <laughs> the new ones yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and, and I think 30 minutes is perfect for, for, to kind of reset and say, okay, I want to do this well. Yeah. You know, it's so funny to me when you think about uh, when, and I know you experience this too, but when you counsel these couples and some people can just be so brutal 
to the people they love the most. And, and so I guess one of my questions for you, Janice, is why? Like, why, why can people tend to be so incredibly brutal to the, to the person they say they love the most? Because they learned it. And their parents always said, I love you, as they were beating them with a stick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like your mother probably told you she loved you after she had screamed bloody murder at you. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so a that's, lot of that. So we're used to doing that. We're used to just saying, oh, okay, well, okay, I'll just get over it, or they'll get over it, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 So true. Yeah. So yeah. true. It's all learned. Yep, it's all learned. So we can learn. If, if we learned that, we can learn the, something different. All right, I'm going to scoot why... out. Oh, yeah, okay. we're almost out of. Um, so y'all finish. I'm just going to inch out. And Tova, safe, drive safely. <laughs> oh, you... I will. I will, Janice. I will. Well, I, honestly, I don't think, I mean, I think we, I think we kind of nailed it. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm like. That... Talk about any more, but. But one thing I'd love to end with, and Janice, it's something you said. You know, if we learned it, we can unlearn it. Yep. These behaviors are are learned; they're habitual. And what you've told us before, isn't it? Like if you try to do this for what two weeks, three weeks, well, you start to see your behavior actually changing. Yes, yes. And if you can hold it, if you can do it for six weeks, then it's probably pretty embedded in you. And that alone is worth it. I mean, think about it. In six weeks, your entire relationship could change because yeah. you're deciding to do it a yeah. better way. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, okay. you guys have an amazing week. We we thank you, Kevin, so much. I'm so excited you're in the thank you. new studio. Me too. I can't wait to see it. Excited for you to see God, it. God, you're okay with your accident. Oh, yes. I know it. I know it. Okay, have a happy week, and we will see you all next week. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.